Welcome back to Sideline Exposure. I am your host, Mitchell Crossan, and this is Exposure 207 College Football Week 5 Recap. We're not going to waste any time here. Let's jump into Georgia at Missouri. Georgia with the comeback win on the road, 26-22. Okay, there are legitimate concerns for the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, we can go back to last week. This is two weeks in a row now of a subpar performance, sure as hell for a number one ranked team. Last week, a little bit of a struggle with Kent State. Now, I wasn't killing Georgia for it. Of course, you never want to see your team, quote-unquote, struggle. I guess you could say struggle to put away an opponent like Kent State when you have the talent and the coach like Georgia has. But in a game like that, it's a day game. It's week four. It's hard to get up for a game like that. It's not a big-time game, and not that they were just going through the motions, but it's not like it's a night game. It's not like, it's not like they're playing LSU, Alabama. And so I understand the lackluster performance in that game. There, there were definitely some concerns, but again, one game, I wasn't really going to hang too much on that. Now, this week is a little bit of a different story for Georgia because – I don't think Missouri necessarily blew the game. Georgia put together the drives and got the stops when they absolutely needed to get it done. But Georgia doesn't look great. Stenson Bennett started off the season kind of on fire. We know what they did against Oregon. And Oregon actually still looks like a solid team right now. And then they've been brought back down to earth just a little bit. So let's keep an eye on Georgia. At the time that I'm recording this, the AP poll rankings have yet to come out. I do not think, and hopefully, I shouldn't expect Georgia to be ranked number one. Now, it really doesn't matter. I don't really care for the AP poll rankings. I don't care if Alabama's number one, Ohio State's number one. It really doesn't matter. I know fans and fan bases seem to get so upset, like Ohio State fans would be so upset to see Georgia still ranked number one. Who cares? Like un Until it comes time to release the college football playoff rankings later in the year, who gives a crap? about the AP poll. I mean, we, we know that it's flawed. We know the voters just continually rank teams consistently throughout the weeks until a team loses. Now, I am curious to see what they do with Georgia because Georgia has two weeks row of a subpar performance. Definitely not deserving of the number one ranking, but again, I don't really care either way. Let's stay in the SEC here with Ole Miss in Kentucky. I made a video about this earlier in the week about Will Levis, Kentucky's quarterback. He could go from being benched at Penn State to entering the transfer portal to becoming a first-round draft pick. And, of course, he has the size, the strength, and the athleticism that NFL scouts like, right? He's that stereotypical quarterback, and he has the attributes that scouts like to see. And Kentucky's offensive coordinator even said, he thinks Will Levis will be the number one pick in the draft. I wouldn't go quite that far. I mean, there's a guy by the name of Bryce Young, right? There's a guy by the name of C.J. Stroud, and those guys are pretty good as well. But the point is, Will Levis obviously found a new home in Kentucky, and it's been a success thus far, even though Ole Miss did win this game 22-19. We'll get into that in a second. But last year, Will Levis, first year at Kentucky, helps lead them to a 10-win season. And now this year, had them off to an undefeated start, but Ole Miss did get the best of them this time around. Ole Miss does look improved, especially defensively, right? Much better. It seemed like they've been a little bit of a liability on the defensive side of the football. And we know Lane Kiffin is an offensive guy. He can scheme up a play. 
he can get guys open, but they have some pretty good players. And I mean, top to bottom roster. I mean, I think Ole Miss kind of showed this, but they looked better than Kentucky. Let's talk Alabama, Arkansas. Alabama goes on the road, defeats Arkansas 49-26. I mean, they pretty much cruised through this game. Now, there were some things that happened. Bryce Young goes down with the injury, leaves the game. Backup quarterback Jalen Milrow comes in. He's a dual-threat guy. He's big, too. He can run. He can throw. And Arkansas tried to make it cute in the third quarter, cut it close. But Alabama was in complete control of this game. I think they jumped out to like a 21-0 lead or something like that before Bryce Young went down. Speaking of Bryce Young, let's see here. This ESPN article is talking about his shoulder injury. He did leave the game, and initially, there's a lot of speculation, of course. He was kind of dangling that shoulder. It didn't look good. He, I don't believe he came back into the game. I didn't watch the full game, but I did see him on the sideline later on in the game with his helmet on, with his pads on. He was cheering. So at that point, I pretty much knew that he's definitely banged up. Something happened here, but he's going to be okay. And it looks like this ESPN article in Nick Saban here does confirm he doesn't have a serious injury, which is a good thing. You never want to see a guy go down, especially the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. A lot of people like watching him play. But it looks like he did injure the AC joint in his shoulder, and this happened in the first half against Arkansas. Okay, so this is actually an injury that C.J. Stroud, I believe, suffered early on last year right against minnesota oregon he was missing some throws he was a little high and he ended up resting against akron he didn't even play that game and backup quarterback kyle mccord got to play he got the start and cj was able to rest his shoulder it turns out that was definitely something that was holding cj back that rest was exactly what he needed came back and then lit the world on fire for the rest of college football year so the AC joint is definitely something that can prohibit your ability to throw and throw the ball well. But like CJ last year, give it some time, give it some rest, do what you have to do, and you'll be fine long term. So I don't suspect this will be too big of an issue for Bryce Young and for Alabama. And the last SEC game I want to talk about here, Texas A&M with a 24-42 loss to Mississippi State. A&M stinks. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I suspected they would be this bad. But throughout the entire offseason, so many people were very high on A&M. They beat Bama last year, and everyone kept saying, oh, they pulled in the number one recruiting class, 2022. So do people not realize that recruiting class isn't going to have a huge impact in terms of winning a national championship until probably two or three years down the line? When those guys are sophomores, juniors, etc., that's when they'll actually be playing significant minutes and have a significant impact. And that's if you can hold that class together. Because remember, AM built that class solely on the fact that they have that Texas money, that NAL oil money to give out. And all of a sudden, NAL is a thing and AM pulls in by far the best recruiting class in the country. Combine that with the fact that every football player has a one time transfer rule, right? This is the new rule. Every player can transfer one time and be eligible immediately. I'm not saying that guys are just picking a school willy-nilly and just keeping that transfer thing in their back pocket and just choosing a school just for the sake of making money through NIL. But I do think it's a safety. It's a safety net for these guys. A five-star running back could commit to AM and say, you know what, they already have a loaded running back room, but I'm going to get a ton of money from NIL if I go here. 
also in my back pocket, if it really doesn't work out, I'll use my one-time one -time transfer rule and I'll just get out of here. I don't think guys are necessarily approaching it that way, but I think that safety net is a real thing. And I think players are more prone to go somewhere that's a little more loaded and then say, you know what, it's not working out. Let me use my one-time transfer. But I will also say, it kind of feels like Jimbo is losing his touch a little bit. I mean, he is a national championship winning coach, but that was with Florida State in 2013. That's 10 years ago. Come on, Jimbo. Let's try to pull this thing around. But with this class, this number one recruiting class, if they can hold it together two, three years from now, they could do some damage then. Okay, so a little bit SEC heavy, but I mean, there were some big time games. You know, Ole Miss looking like a top 10 team right now. And let's go ahead and transition into a little bit more of a rapid fire. Purdue defeats Minnesota 20 to 10 in what is going to be a disaster of a division. In the Big Ten, there's like a five or six way tie for first in the Big Ten West right now. Kansas State continuing to get things done, defeating Texas Tech 37 28. Michigan defeats Iowa 27-14, taking care of business. Oklahoma getting blown out by TCU. TCU dropped 55 points and I think 700 yards on the Sooners. Venables has got to bring out that defense and get things fixed. Utah continuing to do a pretty good job, not necessarily rolling teams, but they did defeat Oregon State 42-16, who did just give USC a test last week. Speaking of USC, continuing to remain undefeated. Defeating Arizona State 42-25. Pitt loses to Georgia Tech 26-21. That's so funny. Georgia Tech fires their head coach. Immediately gets a win. Overranked team. Pitt was ranked 24th. How funny is that? Clemson gets the job done. Defeating NC State in a top 10 matchup 30-20. Clemson is starting to look like what Clemson is supposed to be. So keep an eye on them. Penn State with kind of a sloppy but win over Northwestern 17-7. Rutgers loses to Ohio State by 39. There was some beef there towards the end of the game between Ryan Day and Greg Schiano. Check out our video on social media talking about that. Oklahoma State 36, Baylor 25, Wake Forest 31, Florida State 21. And things are just starting to get really interesting, especially at the top. I think that the general consensus has been Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State as the three best teams in the country. And then a little bit of a gap, right? Then you get into the Michigans, the USC, Clemsons of the world. But Georgia looks vulnerable. Alabama and Bryce Young, we know it's not serious, but, you know, that could be a little nagging injury for him. And also, Alabama didn't look great against Texas, even though that was a couple couple weeks ago. Ohio State, I mean, they beat Rutgers by 39. If you watched that game, you would see Rutgers kind of locked in on taking away the pass. C.J. Stroud did not have a great statistical game by any means but Mayan Williams did run the ball for like 200 yards and five touchdowns I think so they dominated on the ground but Ohio State hasn't really played anybody to note I mean they played Wisconsin and Notre Dame usually those teams are solid but Notre Dame doesn't look great Wisconsin just lost to Illinois they were blown out so let's see what Ohio State can do they go to Michigan State next week first road game of the year um, and then they have a bye week coming up. Let's see if they can get that team healthy. That is going to conclude this week's episode of SE. You can follow us on our social medias at Silent Exposure on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and then at Silent Expose on Twitter. Thank you for listening. See you guys next week. And as always, go Bucks.